With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the pages of the DRaysBay.com blog, welcome to The Hit Show. Hello, and welcome back to The Hit Show. My name is Daniel Russell. I'm the managing editor for D-Rays Bay, and today I am joined by the magnanimous, the wonderful, Brett Phillips. Hello, Brett. Hey, how's it going, Danny? (laughs) It's going all right. I've missed a couple podcast episodes, and I'm really thrilled to be back. Um, Thank you for holding down the fort with Darby. Of course, you were on that sailing trip around the world, right? Right. It was actually a hot air balloon. And I understand uh, that that's not as normal. I'm pretty sure it only happened in a book from like the 1300s and then a Jackie Chan movie. Um, That is very true. It actually is something that people do on a regular basis. No, I I was on paternity leave. Actually, uh, my wife and I welcomed a beautiful baby girl and everyone's doing really well. So it's been exciting uh, in my personal life, uh, but also slightly tiring. Almost as tiring as watching the Tampa Bay Rays play baseball. Yep, I don't disagree with you there. I feel basically exactly the same way, and I'm not even on paternity leave. I'm just lying on a couch watching a baseball game, and yet I somehow feel emotionally and mentally exhausted. (laughs) Um, We should pause there to say that this game is being played in New York City at City City Field. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, I always want to call it the Shea Stadium. <laughs> what's, what's, <laughs> the city field is correct, right? Uh, we yes. hardly ever play the Mets, but oh my gosh, it's for such a terrible reason. Um, Irma, the hurricane, uh, going right up the gut through Florida. Uh, we, we all hope and pray that everyone uh, that's listening to this that might be in Florida are, of course, safe, healthy, that your uh, property and your family are all doing well. Uh, I was so grateful. Uh, my family is in the Orlando area, my immediate family. And uh, by then, the hurricane was uh, Category 2. And so even though it was still a tough one, uh, everyone's doing well. It was a matter of losing power, losing water, but not a lot of damage where they were. Uh, My wife's family, uh, likewise, more fortunate in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, But we also have writers who write for the site who, um, uh, I shouldn't speak so much about myself, they've dealt with some really difficult things you know, praying for Hatfield, his property took a, a big hit in Lakeland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to get too personal on people's anonymous profiles online, but there's a really human element to what we do. Uh, we're so thankful that you, the listener, um, are listening to this and that you get to know us and that you get to know our writers on the site and their personalities as well. Um, so if you're the praying kind of person, if you're the uh, uh, send positive energy, whatever is your cup of tea, um, continue to pray for Florida and your neighbors. And if you yourself has been impacted, um, you know, uh, I can say I personally am praying for you. Brett, is everyone okay for you? Yeah, it's actually, it, it's great you mentioned that because I do, I've long lived in the Tampa Bay area. And right now I'm actually in New Orleans for medical school right now. So I'm just finally moved away. But I've lived in Florida pretty much in the same house all my life. And I actually got the word at around 4 a.m. 
on I think Saturday morning that my parents evacuated their house. Um, so they evacuated to some evacuated to Daytona and some evacuated to Atlanta, Georgia, all the way up there. And mm-hmm. we were sort of, you know, back then in, in, in around might have been it was either Friday or Saturday. All those days are they're kind of blurring together, especially um, with the hurricane. But you know, the big worry about that was, you know, at that point Irma was looking to head straight through the Tampa Bay area as like a Category Four to hit Tampa as a Which, major hurricane, massive, yeah. massive problem. And so they got out of there in the middle, in the dead of night, and didn't bring much more other than like clothes for the weekend and like I guess a family photo album, <laughs> which I heard. Um, very oh. luckily, though, they all they've since returned. Our house is not uh, gone. Um, some of the siding is gone. There's uh, not wow. much structural, so not much structural damage. Some of the shingles on the roof are gone, but overall, we got extremely, extremely lucky, and I am. You know, very thankful to all parties and all deities and everything, everything involved in Mother Nature that mm. luckily it could have been it could have been a lot worse for, for us and frankly for the Tampa Bay area. Since as far as I know, Irma only hit as a not only not only at all, but Irma hit Tampa as a category two hurricane, which uh, right. is is, you know, is, is, is very bad. And as a level of is certainly its own level of destruction, but. Certainly not as mm-hmm. bad as a Category 4, not like 100 times worse than that. So that's very – we got very lucky in the area. I'm, I'm thankful for that. Indeed. Uh, some of our writers are still in Atlanta that did evacuate that live in the Tampa Bay area. So, uh, of course, there's the open thread on the site. If you need people to talk to, jump in the comment section. Uh, if, when you pull up D-Rays Bay, it says that we are a community about the Tampa Bay Rays. And that's mm-hmm. true start to finish. So feel free to reach out, talk. Uh, vent if you need to uh we have a fantastic commenting platform at sb nation so take advantage of that get to know your fellow uh race fans and you know we're all here for one another uh jumping back into it so the razor at city field uh and it's not going great no in fact Jake I'm, I don't, yeah Jake Oder, <laughs> i don't know i mean Jake Oder, is he? i mean it's a shame after that you know excellent game he pitched last week or so a near no no oh boy i was i'm watching that game and it was great to watch jake odorizzi because he was pumping the fastball i mean i don't know if the gun was juiced on the tv but he was hitting 94 he was getting that mm-hmm. high fastball that so often has been going for home runs he mm-hmm. was getting that past you know twins hitters and he looked like the jake odorizzi of old and you know full disclosure we're recording this uh <coughs> excuse me full disclosure we're recording this on monday night and Jake Odorizzi is pitching uh, not even close to a near no-no against the the Tampa uh, the uh, New York Yankees. He he only made it into the fourth inning and gave up about five runs. So, not the best way to sort of close out a season for Jake Odorizzi, and not the best way to kind of play the Yankees in their own backyard. But kudos to the Rays who have not complained at all. So the Rays uh, opened up Tropicana Field to the Houston Astros when uh, the hurricane hit Houston, and they played the uh, Rangers in Tropicana Field. We all remember that. We talked about it on the pod. And, uh, the you know, the Astros were kind of chirping about it. They were mad that the Rangers wouldn't just flip and do a home-and-home switch because they play again in this uh, regular season. And uh, instead, baseball moved them to Tampa Bay. Uh, the Rays, when they needed to find a new site, um, or, or they were originally looking at Baltimore and Montreal, uh, I understand those were the two candidates, and they couldn't find enough 
hotel rooms uh, in in the downtown area for the teams. Now, sometimes yeah. teams can travel outside the city. Uh, if you followed the team for long enough, you'll remember the Rays having to stay in freaking Delaware when they were playing <laughs> the Phillies in the pouring rain uh, during the World Series, and that was a huge detriment to the game. Uh, having proximity and a hotel situation that is safe and under control and follows all the MLB guidelines is important. And that wasn't feasible on short notice in Baltimore and, uh, you know, possibly also stadium question marks about Montreal uh, returning to the Big O. So the Mets opened up their stadium. That basically makes it a home game for New York. And you have to wonder why not just do a, a flip, flip a home and home, because the Rays are going to be visiting New York later in the season. And instead, you it felt like you were given the Yankees home field advantage. But let me say, the Rays have said nothing Yeah, that would make you think they were upset. They have been nothing but uh, uh, so thankful to the Mets organization and also the Yankees organization for uh, their assistance in putting this game on. Uh, you know, the it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck situation, and the Yankees uh, players were able to stay at their homes. The Rays were able to find uh, an appropriate hotel accommodation. And it's been a community effort, and the Rays have been nothing but thankful. And you can hear that listening to the players talk. You can hear that listening to Kevin Cash speak. Uh, you can find that on Twitter, going through all the reporter feeds. Um, but it, it's permeating everything. It's in the television broadcast. Everyone is so thankful to everyone in New York City for being accommodating, making this happen. So I'm proud of the Rays. Um, they very easily could have complained. I wrote an article where I complained. <laughs> Because uh, I thought it was preposterous that they didn't just flip uh, the home and home, uh, but uh, the Rays are bigger people than I am, apparently. So yeah, because uh, not, I'm not agree- not necessarily just agreeing with that. I'm just I, I agree with you that the whole thing seems very. It honestly makes, and this is you know pure speculation, but it makes you wonder if there's something about a home and home switch that in 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 the collective bargaining agreement in the CBA that makes it even more difficult. Because God, both of these situations could have been so easily resolved with a simple switch and yet it didn't get resolved. And again, we're grateful mm-hmm. to the New York Mets organization and even the New York Yankees organization who, like you said, have been very great in facilitating this and this ridiculously troubling and, 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 and just traumatic for many people time. Uh, boy, but it just, it, it seems like, uh, sometimes the simplest solution is the best one. And in this case, the simplest solution would have been that home and home switch, but it is what it is. It is. And there's probably even more reasons we don't know, as you're saying. So let's move on. Uh, today is September 11th, and the Rays are currently losing 5-1. to one, And there are two innings left where they can try to make that up. Um, but that doesn't feel very likely. And as we do, we like to level set. So let's do that briefly. Uh, in the wild card race, uh, New York Yankees are leading. They are three and a half games ahead of the second wild card team. That second wild card team is Minnesota who I was thrilled that we were, were thrashing about in this last Jago to Rizzi start. That was huge. Um, so games back from being in the wild card, the Rays are three and a half games back, which is not insurmountable on its face. Three and a half games back with a month to play is fine. It's normal. Things fluctuate. Uh, if you're betting on the Twins instead of the Rays like that, I mean, do you feel more confident betting on the Twins ever than <laughs> betting on the Rays? I, you know... I, I'm trying to cultivate some positive feelings. But in between Minnesota and Tampa Bay is the Angels, the Royals, the Rangers, the Mariners, and also Baltimore, who 
we should all be uh, scratching our heads about why they've been so successful. Oh, yeah, it's some guy named Tim Beckham. <laughs> so, oh, don't remind me. Baltimore on a minor losing streak, which makes it feel a little bit better. They, they've only won three of seven. The Rays have only uh, 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 been able to split their last ten games. Uh, won five, lost five. But So all those games... Uh, all those games, all those teams, Royals, Rangers, Mariners, Orioles, Rays, are have 71 wins. So all these teams are either at 500 or just slightly below that based on the number of games played. Mm-hmm. I am so desperate and so excited for a cluster, if you will, in the wildcard race. I want to see what happens, even if the Rays are not going to make this thing, which right now I don't think either of us have positive feelings about. Um, yeah. I would love to see like six teams qualify for the wild card and just see what MLB has to do next. I want to, I want that so bad. I don't even know what even is in the bylines and the rules and regulations for that. I just want to see the insurmountable chaos that the AL postseason would have to undergo. Because not only, again, is it just like, oh, it's all the same teams fighting for one position. It's all these teams fighting for a play-in game, a position in a play-in game. It's beautiful. It's like wonderful like chaotic sustenance that i need at this point in the season when i feel like my home team isn't isn't gonna make it to the level that i want them to be at oh give me that 16 tie please listen chaos is a ladder so (laughs) and i climb up the ladder Uh, listen okay so i'm bringing it back on topic uh you know no no no. pause bill simmons had a long time ago proposed that the way to combat tanking is to make it equitable for every single team to make the playoffs. And the way that you do that is in a situation like this, or he was talking about the NBA, you have all the teams, so like seven teams qualify for the playoffs, and then there's an eighth seed. And you just have a like uh, whirlwind weekend tournament where it's single elimination, but it's just a tree for that final playoff spot for all the other teams. What if that was the wild card? Boy. What if- what if the last playing game was just a giant tournament of single elimination and all the other team seasons right on being able to compete in that single elimination style? That'd be fun. That would be really fun. Uh, just thinking about it right now. I mean, it would be fun. And again, like that chaos, chaos being a ladder kind of a way. I think personally, like not to sound like a Debbie down here, I feel like I would hate it. <laughs> not only would it just stress me out more than anything, but I guess what it would do too is like make being the eighth best play, best team in baseball, the same as being the 15th best team in, uh, sorry, in baseball, in the league, you know, and then that in, in so many, you know, as, as Billy Bean says, I just rewatched Moneyball over the weekend because I oh. love that so much. Um, so, cause I had, you know, the A streak on my mind with the uh, Indian streak going for, yes. you know, let's, let's go yeah. there. So the Indians now have won 19. It's unbelievable. Yeah, like it's, uh, I never, they had won 20. Is that correct? In 2002. In 2002, they won 20, yeah, which was the longest, it was the AL record, and I think the longest consecutive win streak, because some of those other longer win streaks are back when they allowed ties. Mm. So they're kind of like, you know, right? they they didn't win, yeah, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, Indians won 19 in a row, I mean, and and it's, like, it's... I think two of the Oakland A's win streak in 2002, and in the last, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, either in the last three or the last four games, they were I, they were tied in the ninth or trailing in the ninth in some ridiculous thing, and so many of those games came off on walk-off, like ended on walk-offs, 
And mm-hmm. the Indians have not been like if you've been following their games, they've never they've almost never been down. They've only been trailing during the streak for around I don't know around like six innings or something unbelievable, like some unbelievably yeah. low amount of innings they've been trailing, and it's this quiet domination of an Indians team that always seems to fly under the rate. Like you know, you say fly under the radar, but they're they they've been like the best. They were the best team in the AL last year. They won the AL pennant this year. They didn't really change that much and they stayed the same and people were still not really talking about them. They're talking about, Oh, look at the Chicago white Sox. They're rebuilding. They're going to be great. Or, Oh man, all the Royals going to make their kind of comeback. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of conversation about the Indians. And yet here, the Indians are just obliterating baseball. And they had, I, did they have Carlos Carrasco pitch tonight or did that? Is he tomorrow? Uh, I thought it was they Carrasco, have, but if it's Carrasco tonight. Then I think it's Kluber tomorrow, which means that Kluber's possibly on the bump for a possible 20, 20th game, you know, AL record tying win streak. It's, it, I mean, these pieces are falling into the place for the Indians. And the only reason I'm talking about the Indians so much on a raised podcast is because right now I want to feel like I have a team that I want to root for. And the Indians, out of all the teams in the American League right now, are the team that I feel like I can latch on the most to. Believe land. Believe land. Believe. I do. I gotta believe. They're this, the relatively smaller market team. Uh, not that small market, but they're relatively. Yeah, but you know small. what's a great reason to root for them? So much of their front office are former top-notch baseball writers. They are guys <laughs> who were writing for Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, uh, uh, that old site, Baseball Analytics. Um, you, <laughs> sites that no longer exist, you know, and that aren't just uh, research guys, but actually are uh, in the scouting department and have gone on to now run the team and be promoted over time. Um, actually, R.J. Anderson, who uh, formerly of D.R.A.'s Bay and was a former uh, managing editor of Beyond the Box Score and now writes full-time at CBS Sports with Jonah Carey. Uh, you might be familiar with his work if you're a longtime reader of D.R.A.'s Bay. Uh, highly recommend over the offseason, he wrote a great article looking at how uh, the Indians are built upon savvy baseball writers and how that's come to be. So go find that article. It's fantastic. Uh, but that's the reason why I like them, not because that's something I aspire to. I'm a different kind of writer. Um, but it's just uh, it, it, it warms the heart to say, like, <laughs> hey, those are normal people. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. It makes makes me even feel like that as a guy who runs the Twitter account for D-Rays Bay that I could maybe have a seat in the front office somewhere. Right. <laughs> One day. One of these days. Probably Moneyball not. kind of ruined it. Everyone who worked in the front office in Moneyball were former athletes. You didn't have any rotund guys rolling through the dungeon of uh, Oakland Stadium, you know, demanding you get Kevin Euclid. Like, I'm, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Like, probably the most out of shape guy only played D2 ball or something. I don't know. <laughs> we should I get back it. on topic. I, I can see Dustin uh, slamming his keyboard saying, talk about the race. Hi, Dustin. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, what, so... Um, are, are the Rays it, making the playoffs? That's my question. We're not going to get the round-robin or any kind of fun tournament tree unless it's a total disaster uh, on the wild card. The Rays are three and a half back. Uh, it looks like they're about to lose another unless there's some kind of big comeback against New York in New York. Doubt that. So... Yeah. I'm I'm throwing in the towel on the season. Oh, I hate to say it. Honestly... You said it out loud. It's on the record. 
Can't take it back. No, I am. I you know, it's not even a matter of like <clears throat> being three and a half games back, and and depending on what happens tonight, maybe even more. It it's not even a matter of being that far back. I mean, certainly the Rays have made a bigger comeback in September to you know take a, a wild card spot. We all remember 2011. But it's mm-hmm. just a matter of all of the teams that are in front of them. It really right. is. And a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the exact same thing with Derby on the podcast. It's a matter of not just playing well, but playing better than any other of those teams. If you go on, you know, any team in baseball can go on a streak of, they can go 20 and 10 for a month or something. Any, even the Phillies can do it. Even the White Sox can do it. You know, any team has that kind of talent and that kind of cluster luck, but you also have to be banking on the fact that the six teams in front of you don't do the exact same thing because you need to play three, one, two, three games better than the team that's than any single one of those teams. And that's what makes the wild card chase so fun, but also what makes it, you know, at the end of the day, a huge tease. <laughs> it's the biggest tease in baseball yeah. right now because yeah. boy, is it not hard to leapfrog six other teams. Yeah. They had, they just needed the Red Sox to collapse and then the Rays were in. We need, <laughs> yeah. Mike Trout's not going to just, like, roll over, is he? Um, (laughs) Mike Trout wants to play in the playoffs so bad that he can taste it. I mean, I think Fangraphs has the raise odds at 5%. So if this scenario, if this month played out 20 times, at this exact moment, if the Rays were three and a half games back with six teams between them and a wild card position, if you ran through the schedule 20 times, the Rays are doing it once. Boy, it doesn't feel like that, man. I mean, I I believe it. I'm I'm just saying, like, I just as someone who's just watched, it's just oh, twenty times. I feel like I would just get my heart broken twenty times easy. <laughs> yeah, because even if they make that one game playoff, who's to say that they actually <laughs> win that game? Right. Then they play. Uh, I don't know. Then they probably play New York. Sabathia. They play. They in play New York. Sabathia, like Tanaka in New York. I'm like or Severino. I don't even any of those. And it sucks to this pitches. game because Jake Odorizzi was a good version of Jake Odorizzi for much of this game. I do want to say, because he did have that one hitter and it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. Jake's a little different this month. Um, he's, a, he's a pitcher whose stuff kind of fluctuates just a little bit. Um, but his, his breaking pitches outside, away from the zone, I feel like they've been cutting just a little more. Like he's been getting a little extra something behind those pitches. And I don't know if it's, uh, you know, pitching in cooler weather. I don't know if that makes him more comfortable or if it's, uh, you know, maybe he's just on one right now. Players have hot streaks and cold streaks. But I thought Jake looked really good today. So I can't believe that Yankees put up a five spot in one inning. It just hurts. Yeah, a big, one, a big uh, blow to that was that three-run home run. And frankly, I, I you know, the Todd Jake's Todd. been the top five. Yeah, it is, it, Jake's been giving up the long ball this year for, for whatever reason. It's probably... Part of it has to do, I'm sure, with the fly ball revolution. Jake was a pitcher who lived up in the zone with those high fastballs. Mm-hmm. And now with, like, I mean, the, the juiced ball that isn't juiced, uh, who knows? I mean, I'm oh, sure yeah. Jake, Jake's, Jake's been one of the pitchers that's been affected the most by that, for sure. But if mm-hmm. anything good can come out of this game, which, again, they're losing 5-1. Who knows if they can make a comeback? But assuming the Rays lose today, the best thing that we can get out of a loss is the gif of, of the year. Uh, which is a new segment that I'm totally not starting. <laughs> but the gif of the year of a Rays Dustin fan... Dustin, put a jingle in. Yeah, yeah. put a little uh, jing- a little bell in or like a guitar riff or something. It's the uh, gif yeah. of the year. 
That was good. Do you want to take another clean? <laughs> Do you want to take that clean? Nah, keep it going. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's uh. You could uh. You go on Twitter. I think it's perfect. It perfectly sums up the yeah. race season. It, it, George R. R. Martin showed up. Is that what you're talking about? George R. R. Martin. Yeah. George R. R. Martin and Santa Claus like combined had a you know, and he showed up, stood behind home plate, stood up after the three run home run, and just put his thumb down. And held <laughs> it's a big dislike. Huge. <laughs> the biggest dislike you could imagine. He looked like one of those. Uh, he was like a Roman emperor who. Just was thumbing thumbs down every single you know the gladiators at the Coliseum, and he held the position for a solid five to ten seconds. And boy, if that solid thumbs down isn't just isn't just sum up everything about the second half of this race season. My goodness. Okay, so what what could the Rays have done differently? That's I think the, we're going to be asking that question for a while. We're going to revisit this, but when the pitching came together, when they addressed the bullpen problem, which was the problem and the starting yeah. rotation was fine, the offense fell apart. Yeah. And now we're staring down the gun of Danny Espinosa and Cesar Pueo. Oh God. Did we just I have, have a moment of silence for the rare <laughs> starting Cesar Pueyo? Pueyo? We 100% did. I didn't, I didn't have anything to say. You didn't have. I mean, we both felt the exact same thing in that moment. We shared a connection over this telephone, and it's true. I mean, you know, I, again, like if you've been listening to the podcast for the past couple turns, all we have been talking about is when are they going to call up Brent Honeywell? When is he going to mm-hmm. come up? He's going to mm-hmm. save the season. When's he going to come up? And you know, I, I've like I said, I've been saying call him up in you know July or whatever. He would have been. Sure. He would have been great. I mean, the Rays were, you know, doing fine then, doing all right. They were making a push, but still, I want to see Brent Honeywell. I want to see the top prospect. I want to see the maybe a, a possible future number one, number two guy. But the funny thing is, is that if we're really looking at what Brent Honeywell would have brought for the Rays team, especially in the past month or so, Brent Honeywell would have been replacing Austin Pruitt starts. That's what we would. He wouldn't be like. We can't like go back in time and pick and choose and be like, oh, well, this start from Jake Odorizzi was bad. Here's a Honeywell start. Oh, this start from Alex Cobb was subpar. Here's Honeywell. He would have just been taking Austin Pruitt's spot in the rotation every five days or so. And I gotta tell you, Austin Pruitt, for the most part in the second half of the season, has kind of stepped up. He outpitched right. Dallas Keuchel earlier on. He outpitched. Uh, he outpitched. Yeah, that was a uh, thing. We all lived through yeah. that. <laughs> that was yeah, amazing. it actually happened. I believe he outpitched Chris Sale too. Like the Rays, I don't know if he outpitched him, but the Rays actually won that game. These are all games that Austin Pruitt pitched, and the he pitched fairly well. And you know, frankly, if Brent Honeywell comes in and pitches and beats Keuchel and beats Sale, we're all calling him you know, the second coming of Matt Moore. He's the guy that's gonna we're gonna ride the wave and save the season, but. I mean, Austin Pruitt did kind of what Brent, I mean, Brent Honeywell could have done. Now, again, Honeywell's going to be a, hopefully a much better pitcher than Austin Pruitt, or if not, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna cry. Hey, but no, I mean, the reason like, made me look stupid on Austin Pruitt on multiple occasions, like you just walked through. So let's not, let's not rain on the Austin Pruitt parade. He has proven true. us wrong here. I want to I see more of Austin Pruitt. And, and frankly, again, like you said, the offense is what kind of did them in the offense that was so good in the first half of the season. <clears throat> the offense that we thought was going to kind of continue yeah, in so, this way. I will say if you filter Fangraph's leaderboard on August, just August, and look mm-hmm. at what the Rays did, uh, in all of baseball they come in at 24th. The American League teams that are below them are the Blue Jays, the Astros, the Royals, 
And I think I just said two of the three playoff team names. So it's not like the Rays are the only team where the offense struggled a little bit after the All-Star break or something like that. But as a team, they sported an 87 on the weighted RC+. So that's 13% below average. Sure. Like Peter Borges should be better than that. Right. And the Rays were rolling out. Peter Borges, so maybe he wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, I just said a really direct thing that I had no statistical uh, uh, backing for. Maybe Por- Peter Borges was on fire in August, and I just don't, you know, remember properly. But the race started Peter Borges today. I still don't know how that's a thing. Um, Caesar. <laughs> I'm having a, a difficult time talking seriously about this lineup. Is this rude of me? I, it is rude no, of me. It's not. No, it's it's as a fan, you have to be able to sort of express that frustration because again, it's like it's not. Every, you know, it, the offense has been doing what it's been doing. It's been it's been trying. Logan Morrison has woken up in the past two weeks or so. He's kicking butt. Yes, praise be to him. Thirty six yes. home runs or something like this now. Yes, he's on pace for forty. Which would to see Logan Morrison get forty home runs would make my that would that would make this season just a little bit better for me. Um, you know, and, and even Corey Dickerson has been has been a uh, not hitting mm-hmm. as many home runs as recently, but has been like a very consistent like quality hitter. And you know, you've got those guys. You expect those guys to perform, and it, it's just uh, you know everything else. Everyone else who hasn't like been like the top tier guys seems like they have not consistently performed as well as you wanted them to perform. And when you take that like in you know the cumulative effect of that is a like you said a thirteen percent below average offensive team. When you need the offense at this point in the season to really step up because the pitching has been good but not great. And I've seen, I mean, I've seen enough of Trevor Plouffe. Right, yeah. We're still rolling him out there. I mean, he's got to go. I mean, he's going to go eventually. But, I mean, I don't, it's, I I mean, I don't think. Who could possibly take his place? (laughs) Who who possibly could we think of that would replace Trevor Plouffe on the roster? Surely not, I don't know, one of the top prospects in baseball who's a potential future face of the franchise that's destroying triple a that'd be weird who are you talking about i don't think i've even seen him on any of the sports center top 100 lists or whatever heard of any you know media presence about this particular player who's very very good and arguably just as good as the mets rosario who got called up a couple months ago i don't know who the heck you're talking about who's this person? it couldn't be someone that has exactly the same profile as that Ahmed rosario could it no no, because okay. that would be someone who deserves a high quality level of like media. Or, or better yet, when Steven Souza, let's talk instead of talking about an infield uh, problem that the Rays have had at second base when they went all in on Brad Miller instead of Tim Beckham, and that backfired for them. <laughs> uh, we can talk through the merits of that soon. Uh, Souza has been slumping. I think he was probably one of the, I don't know, call him one of the fifty best hitters in baseball this season, but he certainly. N- a fraction of himself, you know, a couple nagging injuries that he's been playing through, whatever, and he's been out there in right field. Do the Rays have another star-hitting prospect that they could have put in right field that's just been raking in AAA? Someone with light tower power, maybe? Are you thinking of, like, someone like that? Uh, There's a non-zero chance that the Rays have an answer for their second-base problem and the right field problem, and instead of rolling Peter Borges out there, they could have had... I mean, let's plug names to it. Willie Adamas, Jake Bowers, Brent Honeywell. You have the three-headed dragon in Durham. <laughs> You're not going to conquer Westeros 
in Durham. You're now going You're to the governor's cup. Now, okay, pause. So what are the merits of keeping these guys in AAA? Extra year. You get your extra year service time. You get that kind of stuff. And I, I can see it for like a, such a high-end talent like Grant Honeywell. I mean, that's at this point, that that's I got to think like 1A and 1B reasoning behind that. Unless you really truly think that a guy like Brent Honeywell isn't uh, emotionally or like, you know, mentally mature enough to be in the major leagues, which, you know, frankly, might be a legitimate concern. I mean, I, at, at this point, these guys have Honeywell especially has shown that they're ready. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Adamas and, and Jake Bauer, I could maybe see Jake Bauer's being in the minors for a little bit longer, but boy, I really Adamas and, and Brent Honeywell seem like they're ready to perform and ready to play. I mean, he can't be in the majors that or in the minors that much longer because Logan Morrison is going to be a free agent. He's mm-hmm. 30 and he, and he has more than 30 home runs. And there's not a lot of first basemen who can do that, that are on the open market. He's not coming back. Yeah. He the gone. Rays, <laughs> the Rays are going to need a first baseman and his name is Jake Bowers. Mm-hmm. And, why not start acclimating him to the major? So the only reason I can think of is that the Durham Bulls are in the playoffs and the Rays are on the outside looking in. So if they are seventh or eighth in line for the wild card, well, gee, that's almost one of the worst teams in baseball. And now you're a, a little late. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. if that you would have had a hard time predicting at the beginning of August that, that you were going to need these guys. And I think the Rays were rolling through their options and trying to make something happen with the pieces they had put together that had been successful. I mean, we saw one of the best offenses in baseball throughout the first half. Yeah. And that offense rolled over. I mean, what else could the Rays have done? They could have made some acquisitions. Well, they did. They brought in a Danny Echeverria, who I think added stability to the race lineup. Now you can argue that, you know, hitting 200 is not helpful, but as an all around player, I think Echeverria was a fantastic shortstop. Um, and then they bet incorrectly between Tim Beckham and Brad Miller when they had to choose one. Yeah. The, um, the, Denny, the Echeverria pickup certainly seems like a foreshadowing of the lack of confidence in Beckham. Now that you really look back on it. I mean, even at the moment we were Pete writers on the site were saying like, wow, this is, going to like sort of even though it's sort of a different profile this is going to sort of take away spots for Beckham he's not going to be able to grow as much looking back on it now you can really sort of see how the Rays lost uh lost faith in Beckham and and then the big maybe last year and they just never they never regained confidence now maybe they were wrong we can talk about that later uh they did go get a designated hitter Lucas Duda and Lucas Duda phenomenal big fan he's now what the best hitter on the team in the second half, yeah. hands down, there is no one better on this Rays offense than Lucas Duda. He's been awesome. Uh, the only thing that I can think of that they could possibly have done is maybe stolen away J.D. Martinez from the Diamondbacks who acquired him from yeah. the Tigers in their fire sale. Boy, that he that would have w- been a perfect fit. That trade was, I mean, you go look back at that trade and the players that the <laughs> that the Diamondbacks had to give up for J.D. Martinez and my God, there are way better players in the Rays minor league system, and not even top tier right. guys. Way better, like B level prospects that the Rays would have been happy to give up for a guy like JD Martinez. Especially, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it just. So, uh, it, it, I mean, the key, the key piece there maybe hurts. What's that guy's name? Lugo. I don't have it in front of me, uh, but it's a, it's a guy who could be a future third baseman for the Tigers if they're right. 
if their scouting guys are right, he they are saying this guy has a major league projection. So that's important when you're making these kind of trades. Now, maybe it's not a consensus idea, but the Rays have done a non-consensus thing when they've tigered, uh, tigered when they've uh, when they've <laughs> gone after guys like uh, Willie Adams. Like uh-huh. you go for young. Now this guy's in Double A, so he's closer, but they think he's you know a potential starter. I'm not going to fault the Tigers for that, but only getting that is what seems silly because that's like looking at the race system and saying, okay, give me Kevin Padlow, but then also give me some utility defender who probably isn't going to pan out. Give me mm-hmm. Keen Wong or something. And then some other scrappy prospect, just throw in something, you know, random. Ryan, uh, Lotto uh, ticket. Maybe not Ryan. Yeah. Something like that. Kevin Padlow, Keen Wong, and a lotto ticket. Looks like it was enough to get J.D. Martinez. If if it was ever on the table for the Rays, I think you got to pull the trigger on that. Right. And which may, it, honestly, just it's a matter of seeming like a, uh, coming down to uh, who, the, who the Tigers liked more. I mean, like you right. said, it, it's a matter of like a front office thing. If, if the Tigers really, really thought that Lugo, whoever had, I keep thinking Julio Lugo. That's definitely not who they got. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> I should look up who it get, was. That would be the worst trade ever, I think. Dustin, um, who was the prospect? <laughs> no, that's fine. Keep talking. You know, it's a you know, it's a it's a podcast when you got to ask someone off screen to look something up. That's the best. Part I, of any I gun to my head. His name was Lugo. If it is, I, I I'm not sure. I don't remember. But either way, if if, if they think that he's a major league. <laughs> a prospect, then certainly you got to go there. But I feel like the Rays, it, 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 either the Rays didn't do their due diligence, which I don't think happened, or the Tigers front office really liked this guy and really didn't like the Rays guys, which I frankly see is more likely. Or also, people, sometimes there's interpersonal things. Some guys, maybe it's not a no trade clause, but some guys don't want to go to Tampa Bay. Just mm-hmm. like other guys don't want to go to, you know, Chicago. You know, I don't. I don't know. You'd have to go down the list of uh, of parks, but for s- different reasons, guys would be like, "No, don't trade me to the Padres. Like, I'm not going to be happy." And so, when the Rays did their due diligence, maybe something like that came out with JD Martinez. He's like, "No, I don't want to go there." Who knows? Uh, you know, he's like the weather the it's many times. Basically, Arizona, but just a little wetter. <laughs> sure. Not quite as hot. JD Martinez, yeah. Well, so now he's thriving with the Diamondbacks. Maybe that's something. Uh, if there's a what if on this season, that would have been a nice pickup. But then, you know, that has to, you have to anticipate Souza and Dickerson struggling at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's hard to assume is coming. Now, maybe the answer is Dickerson in left field, Souza in center, JD Martinez in right, instead of Malik Smith. Okay, I can buy that. So never mind. I've talked myself back into it, but. <laughs> Uh, there's not, there weren't like a plethora of options out there and the Riz whiffed on 20 things or something like that. They went out and they got Duda. They did the right thing there. He's been the best hitter. And the rest of the team collapsed. And it was a good offense. And it became a very bad offense. So we know they whiffed on Tim Beckham because he's raking it in Baltimore. Now, in my defense, I did say he was incredible on the road when he was not a Tropicana Field. And raking it in Baltimore qualifies that being a true statement so <laughs> change of scenery might have always been the fix for tim yeah. beckham he could have gone anywhere you know who knows maybe, maybe, 
that's all it maybe that's all it takes really sometimes that's all it takes for certain guys but in the meantime the race on the outside looking in uh way outside looking in five percent chance outside looking in uh failing to beat the yankees at the quote-unquote neutral site of queens and in the meantime the durham bulls are going for the governor's cup and are trying to win uh the triple a crown so let's pay attention to that because uh, I think that's where our good feelings are going to come from this season. It sounds like you agree. I, I hope the Rays are right when they bet that having that playoff experience is good playoff experience, is good chemistry, and is good for the long-term development of these players. Because that, uh, more than service time, I think that would be the fundamental driving factor is all the coaching staff saying, like, the, what's best for these kids is that they get this specific experience instead of struggling against major leaguers in a hard situation, in a depressing situation where everything's not going right. Keep them in a situation situation where everything is going right, where they're surrounded by their buddies and their teammates that they've been slogging it out with all year, and they're in a playoff, uh, you know, fairly intense AAA talented situation. That might be AAA. AAA flags fly forever. (laughs) Oof. That is is a solid (laughs) counterpoint, and I think we're going to end it there. Unless there's anything you want to talk about. No, I'm good. That's perfect. My goodness. It's been uh, a slog to follow the, the team. And uh, honestly, Irma's still always heavy on my mind. Um, I, I've been getting positive updates from family before this, but uh, I'm sure not everyone has. So, again, uh, prayers, thoughts, good feelings all your way. Please be well. Please be safe. Take care of one another. Um it's been so great to see on social media or on Reddit, just uh, the outpouring of support that neighbors have had for neighbors. Um, seeing people go out and collectively helping each other with, uh, I've seen online people's boats, uh, neighbors that have power making coffee for their neighbors that don't have power, which is phenomenal. Um, I know in my parents' neighborhood, there was even a plan about who had generators and uh, running uh, extension cables before the storm so that uh, people with generators could distribute power <laughs> to other people who did not have them uh, when needed. It, it was just so cool to see the community come together. Go race. Go race. The Hit Show is produced and engineered by Dustin Klingman. Make sure to check out all the newest and latest news about the Rays on DRaysBay.com. Check us out at DRaysBay on Twitter and, of course, DRaysBay on Facebook.